If you're not tired now, I don't know what to tell you. Exhausted. Longhorns hang on. 29-26 over TCU. Uh, a, a back of a back shoulder or back on the ground grab by Adonai Mitchell uh, secures the victory for the Longhorns. Longhorns uh, look like they uh, were going to win it big. Uh, but I tell you what, they uh, they basically uh, stuttered and stumbled in the second half. They lost Jonathan Brooks uh, on a on their only big drive of the second half. Uh, after that, Texas didn't get another first down until that pass to Adnai Mitchell. From when Jonathan Brooks went out until then, uh, Longhorns, uh, you know, better hope uh, uh, Jonathan Brooks comes back next week because I'm telling you, it's going to be a big one. Uh, as the Longhorns go to Iowa State, uh, I'm joined. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Drew Kelson, Rod Babers, and Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. And on three uh, guys, uh, let's just start at the top. Drew, you're the first man up. You're the highest in line. Give me your your uh, thoughts on the game today. We're nine and one, baby. Exactly. <laughs> let's go, Bobby. Let's live, man. <laughs> let's go, Bobby. We are live, man. So, but I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying that because we don't. We, we want to celebrate being nine and one, right, right? For sure. But what I'm really saying is, we're ten games into the season. This is who we are. Yes. So we we gotta, you know. So before we go into the rest of this day, I'm like. Once we accept, like, this is just who we are, which we're good enough to win the Big 12. Um, we're good enough to win every game left on our schedule. If we go to a college football playoff, if that is possible for us in some way, I think with several weeks of preparation, we could be dialed into a game and could make a run. So at the end of the day, this is who we are. Um, we, we know we can go in spurts and take off on a team. Um, like we did at the end of the second quarter. Uh, but we also know we can be susceptible to, you know, <laughs> what we have here. So Just not executing. Just, just not executing, not. especially on offense, uh, the entire second half. Quinn Ewers in his return, uh, guys. Matt, if you don't mind putting up the, the stats for us. Uh, Quinn Ewers in his return uh, ends up 22 of 33 for 317. Those numbers skewed a little bit by that long pitch and catch or that short pitch and catch to Jonathan Brooks uh, for 70 yards, but still a pretty good return for him. He did throw the interception uh, that Jordan Whittington made a fantastic play. Rod Babers, uh, how do you assess what the Longhorns did uh, on Saturday night? Uh, no, Drew's right. Uh, Drew hit the nail on the head. But, uh, I mean, is it, are you not entertained? Right? Is this <laughs> not why you are here? Are hey. you not entertained? Yeah, this is – this is great. This is great. I'm with, I'm with Drew on this one. I mean, these long this Longhorn team just they they like the drama, right? They like TNT. They love the drama. I tweeted out last week. This team is flawed, but they they have a tremendous amount of team grit. They have outstanding football character, and you know they they had they played their they play some of their best football when the game's on the line and in critical clutch moments. Now the rest of the game, you know, they 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 they, they have this, they have this, this is what you got, right? The gift and the curse. They'll have this maybe a stretch, eight to twelve minute stretch where they play some of the best football in the country, but they're also equally gonna have that same stretch where they play kind of a a, a, a lapse, a, you know, what I mean, a, a kind of a subpar game in in a, in in, a, in most favorites, right? Maybe in offense, defense, maybe even in special teams too. 
and you're gonna get you're gonna get that. You're gonna get the best of both, all right, <laughs> or the worst of both, if you will, uh, in every game it seems for Texas. But when it comes down to it, they do play some of their best football in clutch critical moments. This is what we asked for last season, guys. We said we want them to be a fourth quarter team. They are not a four quarter team, unfortunately. They're a fourth quarter team. So just were take- they a fourth quarter team tonight, though, Rod? Hell yeah, because Adnan Mitchell was, and that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, hey, look, look, here's what I here's what I'll say is, um, you know, we talked about this, uh, and I agree with Drew. Nine and one, look, Big Twelve championship still right there, right? You got Iowa State, you got Tech. You're going to be favored for a reason in those games. Um, hope the health of uh, Jade Barron's uh, is okay. I feel like he's just week to week going to be banged up the rest of the year. Play when play when he can. Jalen Callon, they didn't play tonight. I guess they warmed him up, didn't uh, bring him into the game, so that gives him another week. But look, I, tonight, I mean, I know Sark's going to take the heat, but defensively, twenty four snaps for TCU in the third quarter and three to start the fourth quarter. So they had twenty seven snaps essentially in the third quarter is what happened. Second half, I don't know if Matt can bring up second half stats, but, I mean, TCU had 280 yards of offense in the second half. Um, the Texas defense is still a little beat up. Alfred Collins is wearing, uh, obviously, a sleeve on his knee, not playing as much right now. But, man, 280 yards given up in the second half by Texas defense. The, the pass rush couldn't get there after the first half. And, they, and then TCU started running the ball on Texas, which I think was a surprising thing to me. Enough Did enough of that tempo work, guys, to where Texas had to sub more on that defensive front? And when they subbed, you saw TCU saying, all right, now we're going to run the ball on you. That that uh, that uh, touchdown run by Imani Bailey, it looked like a, a bad run fit by Anthony Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, uh, guys, let, let's take a, take a look at the stats here and, and – if you don't mind, uh, Matt, show us the the, the final total stats. Uh, the thing that, that caught my eye early and often was Texas uh, doing somewhat poorly at this point on third down again for repeated third and short yardage situations. Uh, guys, they just did not look good on short yardage and third downs uh, any number of times. Uh, including one time when they ended up turning the ball over on uh, Savion Red on a fourth down play. Uh, w- w- the short yardage offense for Texas, they they get third and two and third and three. I mean, I, I think they were one of six on third and short tonight, if I count it right. The, the, the only way you defeat an eight-man box is if all five of your offensive linemen knock some heads because you're not outnumbered. So if one of your guys doesn't get pushed out of those five, Good luck to you against an eight-man box. All five of your guys have to make solid contact. Texas and if one been, misses, no chance. Texas has been a bad to subpar and a bad short yardage goal line and red zone team pretty much all season long, right? That's just that. And and, I, and you, then you got to go back to Drew's initial statement, which was dead dead smack on the money. They are who they are. It's, if the coaches could have solved the problem, they would have solved the problem. It's just that's that's part of their their DNA, their makeup at this point. Doesn't mean they're not a good team. They're a really good team. Really good team. Every team's got flaws. That's just one of them. Hell, I can go to the defense and name you a couple on the defensive side too, if you want me to. But that's okay. Like they're just not a perfect team. By the way, I think they're like two two perfect teams potentially are complete teams in the whole country. 
talking about Georgia and Michigan, maybe. And that's about it. All right. Everybody else, they got some flaws and deal with it. Find a way to win the game, win the damn game at this point. Hey, so, guys, we're going to talk a little bit more. going to ask you guys who you think the player of the game was for the Longhorns on offense and defense. Uh, but first, I want to say thank you to our folks, our friends at uh, Flight. Uh, it is the next generation of light beer from Yingling. Taste for yourself. Flight by Yingling. Six generations of brewing excellence from the oldest brewery in America. When your beer tastes as good as it looks, it's Flight, the next generation of light beer from Yingling. Uh, all right. Offensive player of the game, in my opinion, guys, you've got to go with Adonai Mitchell, despite what Jonathan Brooks put up, not only running for 100 plus yards, but also the la the long touchdown, uh, or the long uh, pass reception. What were y'all's thoughts on offensive player of the game? Drew, Rod, Jerry, anybody? I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to shock y'all. Jordan Whittington, who's not in the offensive box score. If he doesn't call, if he does not cause that fumble after the interception, I'm not sure which way that game goes. He was my okay. offensive player of the game, and he's not even in the box score because that was a hell of a hustle play. I love it. Your team had the habit. He missed the first tackle, Jerry. <laughs> he missed it, got up, and ran him down. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Yes. And, and I remember watching these guys. I mean, I don't know how many guys we've had that come from that part of Texas. Hallettsville, Quero, that region is rare. We see guys that come out of that region. Jonathan Brooks and, 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 and Whittington, Jordan Whittington, they they can go, man. Just but but Whittington on that play, and I remember just seeing seeing him play defense in both sides of the ball in high school. Jonathan, I mean Jordan Whittington doing that tonight just brought back just what he really is as a player, inside and out, both sides of the ball. Yeah, he, he was my guy too, Jerry. Uh, that was the most impressive play of the game for me, in spite of what we saw from everybody else. Wow, Rod B, are you not going to go with Adonai Mitchell with me? I mean, what a catch! I know. I catch. No, man, I'm gonna go. And honestly, it's hard not to because X Man had a great game too because X Man showed out. But Adonai Mitchell, that was a that was a it, it wasn't a great throw. All right, I'm not. <laughs> he gave his guy a chance. I'll say that. So I'm not gonna say it was a bad throw. He at least got to give his guy a chance. But it wasn't good. Dude, that's gonna be on his draft highlight reel, guys. We already know it. I can hear the music now. All right. dun, 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 dun. I can hear the music, man. It's gonna be awesome, and they're gonna show that. And Jerry, I swear, me and you both, we were talking about Adnan Mitchell on the in-game live watch, and um, you said, and I, I was talking about, and I said, man, I love his body control, and you were like, honestly, that's maybe his top quality, his body control. Guys, yep. it was on full display. That was body control, and that was the epitome of it. You saw him literally be able to, to to judge the trajectory of the football and be able, like a a almost circus soleil, all right, athlete, be able to 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 to, to torque his body and be able to adjust it in real time, falling back and make that catch. It was I don't know if I've seen a better catch in a long time on the Fort Acres, man. And in that moment though, too, Bobby, in the in the clutch when you had to have it. If you don't have it. They got a shot, and it looks like the momentum. They got a real shot to 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 these tie the game oh, up. Hey, if TCU had got the ball back, they would have won the game. I think we can all. Oh. I, mean, I don't know about won the game. I don't know about won the game. They, they would have moved it up. They'd have tied it up. 
They tied it up. We'll we'll never know. We'll never know. (laughs) Nine and one. Nine and one. Hey, very happily, we'll never know. Uh, Look at these stats. You mentioned, (laughs) Ra, you mentioned um, Xavier Worthy, and I think that's fair. I'm talking, I was, I should say that was the play of the game. Xavier Worthy had a tremendous game tonight. Uh, 10 catches for 137. Where was he in the second half? Um, what happened there? I mean, Sark was away from him. Uh, it felt like, you know, we Texas up by 20. Yeah. And then the team just, the offense had a couple sputtered drives. They threw deep to no one um, and ended up <laughs> squandering a couple drives. Uh, had two third and shorts that they did not connect on. And you know what, guys? I mean, this is the kind of game that you got to win and move forward. But, man, uh, they don't have to make it like this every time, they do they? I mean, three, three, three games now, guys, you know, three games recently where they've been up by 20 points or more and, and made it a game where they got to win on a game-winning goal line stand. They got to win in the end. And, by the way, I'm just, hey, I'm happy that they find a way to win the end, right? That's important. Uh, but the truth is, these these are games that you thought at one point you think to yourself, oh, it's going to be a blowout. It's on the verge of being a blowout. And then there are mistakes that are compounded uh, in different phases of the game, coaching as well, coaching mistakes, coaching miscues, player errors, whatever it is. And then they let their opponent back in it. They breathe life into their opponent. And that's something down the stretch in these trap games, you don't want to have that. You don't want to breathe life into your opponent at, at that point. Don't you think they need to take some more time off the clock in the third quarter when you're up by 20? I so, mean, what do you through? What do you think? I think we do a good job. You know how maybe Mac Brown has said this, or we've had coaches over the years that say this, and I think it pisses everybody off, off every time they say it. But when they say, you know what, they we ran out of time. We would have won the game, but we ran out of time. We Texas do a really A&M. good job of making our opponents run out of time. Yeah. Um, but but I said that to say in the second quarter, we had the ball for the for I mean the, the, the greater part of that second quarter. And we scored, got a turnover and scored again. But I think we had the ball for with the last eight minutes. The the impact of having the ball that much in that quarter really slowed TCU down from figuring out where they could find us, where they can beat us, where we can be vulnerable. But it seemed like they must have had it figured out because when they came out at halftime, they were ready to go. They were a completely different team. They attacked us differently. They believed with the run game that they could open things up in the passing game. And they rode that game plan right down the field and and, and made this a game. Uh, but but our second quarter performance, the way we finished that second quarter is really what cracked this open for us. But we've had several instances throughout this year where we put up 17 points, 17-0. We, we go on runs. I mean, and those runs are insurance. And sometimes those runs have come early in the first quarter. Sometimes they come. But when they come, um, I'm, I'm, that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this team for being able to do this year is go on these runs that give us some some cushion because we need the cushion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's one, guys, from William Each. I'm going to read this real quick. I love the win, but why can't we put teams that, you know what, away? That's 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 what everybody was saying. But buddy pal, chief big guy, I was upset during the game, but 9-1 and one is 9-1, yeah. and one, good but flawed, and two games away from the preseason goal, which is the Big 12 title. 
Exactly. I think it's easy, guys, for us to, to be an yep. armchair quarterback. But, you know, I, I also think you're getting away with stuff living dangerously. You know, you're living on the edge. When I I think Texas could have uh, done a little bit differently. They were they did not throw the ball and did not just try to move the sticks in the second half when all that would have done is sat on the lead uh, for uh, TCU. Instead, uh, Sark went big game hunting a couple times and came up empty and uh, killed drives. Uh, Rod, uh, let's talk a little bit about the defense, though. Uh, the defense yeah. absolutely dominated in, this, in the first half, in my opinion, only to find themselves, to, to Drew's point, getting picked apart in the second half. TCU found something that worked in the running game, as well as the passing game. What do you think that was that TCU kind of picked on, or was it just Josh Hoover getting accustomed to the game speed and that Longhorn defensive front? It was a little bit of both. I think the tempo started to, you know, have an effect later in the game, too, on the defensive front uh, in the pass rush. I think the young Josh Hoover started to get in the groove. They started to run a lot of inside breaking routes, some of Texas struggled with uh, this season, some of those inside breaking routes because they play uh, with so much cushion. Um, started to play a lot of empty formation. They got into empty formation a lot in the games, uh, a lot of targets to bunch. But I've talked about that a lot, right? Cluster uh, groups of receivers. Uh, Texas has a hard time with those um, basically switch, so what we call kind of switch releases. Um, and a lot of those big plays came on switch releases where you force the Texas DBs to have to pass off routes and coverage and communicate. They, they, they were naturally going to present a lot of problems. Um, to Texas just with some of those natural things that are veer and shoot offense, same thing as Oklahoma runs. Um, so they were going to present some of those same problems. The thing is, in the first half, Texas did a really good job versus those concepts. Um, in the second half, they struggled uh, versus a lot of the same concepts. I mean, they didn't really change up too much. Um, they just found a way to be more effective uh, with those same concepts in the second half. It looked uh, like the pass rush didn't get there as much either, right, guys? I think that's a temporary. That's the yeah, tempo. I think that was tempo, Rod. That's the tempo. It wears you down. They, they didn't get into tempo early in the game. They, they, they just couldn't get the offense going. First down is key in tempo, and they couldn't yes. get into it. But the one thing that I know that that, that hurt Texas today, uh, but but really, I'm like, I hope inferior – this is the, this is an approach I think inferior teams can take with Texas moving forward. Start the game running your plays, running the plays that you feel you, your team is comfortable with, but let Texas get comfortable thinking this is all you're going to do today. But then in that second half, you pull in the plays that you know Texas has struggled with, and, and they didn't have a chance to make adjustments of on at halftime because when a team finds something against us, we really – it's one thing, and Rod, you know how it goes, right? After every drive, you're on the sideline, you're going over plays, you're going over what you're going to anticipate, you have your headset on if your coach is up in the box, you're talking through what to anticipate, what adjustments you're going to make. We, It's rare that I see a team beat us on something in one drive, we go correct it, they try it again on the next drive, and it eliminates. They just It, it vanishes. Usually when they find something, they build on it. Mm-hmm. And we got to get we got to figure out how we make adjustments on defense, what we're doing on the sideline, how we're coaching guys. And that, I think, schematic adjustment combined with tempo today was was just heavy because the core of our defense 
and the DTs, they just, I mean, you can't get the pass rush. And so um, you're not getting pressure. They're ineffective, but they, they're on the field. You got bodies on the field that aren't affecting the quarterback. It just gets really tough. It's interesting you mentioned that uh, being able to, to uh, alter your plan or go to the sideline, get coached up. That leads me to question, you know, why is Keaton Crawford and, Ke- and Jaron Thompson and Derek Williams and uh, Michael Taft all going in and out of the game so much when the game's on the line? Um, at that point in time, you might want to stick with, with somebody that's had the, the experience and seen it and you know can get there. At the same time, I mean, who am I to say Texas – Nine and one. <laughs> so, so I mean, we can talk about it. Jalen Ford led the team with nine tackles. Anthony Hill with eight. Uh, we do not have injury updates at this time on Jonathan Brooks or Jade Barron, by the way, who who left the game late. Uh, if you saw that uh, touchdown, last touchdown by uh, TCU, Jalen Gilbo had good coverage, uh, yeah. but it was a fantastic uh, double clutch catch. Uh, by them. I want to uh, talk about a couple other guys I thought had good games for the Longhorns. Uh, Barron, uh, Ryan Watts uh, seemed to really uh, have have it under control with Savion Williams. Savion Williams had more of his way with Terrence Brooks in one-on-one situations, I think, uh, and coming back to the ball. And uh, Savion Williams looked terrific for TCU. He, he looks legit. <laughs> that guy's he's got Sunday skill set. That's uh, yeah. He's going to blow the combine up. Man. <laughs> yeah. He's going to run like four, three, nine and vertical 40 at 215 pounds. Yeah. All right. Uh, we keep going. Some other guys that look good. Tavondre Sweat with another sack. Our Byron Murphy with a sack. Trill Carter got his first sack of the year, I believe, as well. He did. Um, but uh, look, all in all, it's an interesting game to talk about because uh, the Longhorns uh, hold on after getting a 20 point lead. Uh, they did not uh, go after uh, – well, what are you pointing there at, Drew? Uh, Jerry said earlier that Jordan Whittington didn't make the stat sheet. He did. He did. The tackle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey. Hey, I'm going to get through – I want to say fumble. this. And, fall and cause fumble. I say force fumble. Isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Let's go. <laughs> MVP. <laughs> this is the postgame. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton, Drew Kelson, and Rod Babers. That's top to bottom there. Uh, also, uh, it is sponsored by Flight, the next generation of light beer from Yingling. We appreciate them. I'm going to get to some uh, chats uh, here. The Commodian, all right, all right, all right. Nine and one. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Trevor Allen, thank you for the super chat. Uh, here's one from K- Kale Sherrod. All gas, no brakes needs to be retired. Pathetic play calling in the second half from Sark. We need to talk about this a little bit, though, after. I, I agree. Let's go go with it. I mean, that, that's that's okay. why I'm bringing so, some of these up. So here's the thing. Here, here's here's what uh, I'm not talking third quarter. But after TCU possessed the ball for 24 plays in the third quarter and three to start the fourth quarter, Sark had to be conservative on that first offensive series. He couldn't let his defense right back on the field because they weren't stopping TCU. If you'd have had a three and out and given the ball right back, he's probably thinking, geez, they're going to go down and score. I mean, so he had to be somewhat conservative to start the fourth quarter when they got the ball back else because he knew his defense was tired and in the danger zone. I, I agree. I mean, he TCU was moving the ball at will in the second half. Big play after big play. Uh, a number of different ways, whether it was throwing the ball to Jared Wiley, uh, to uh, Savion Williams, the big run by Imani Bailey. TCU was moving the ball, uh, period. 
I, I do think that Sark's play calling in the third quarter was questionable. Uh, the two deep balls, you know, when you really just need to move the ball and keep the clock rolling at that point with a 20-point lead, after you just had your, your back up against the wall on a fourth and goal, that you stop. Hmm. I mean, you, you need to you need to be smart about that. That drive that Texas had had three first downs or two first downs, but only took two minutes off the clock. Needed to take more time off the clock there, in my opinion, Kale. Uh, so to your point, that's what uh, Jerome S. I can't believe how much this team makes me makes winning feel like losing. I'm glad for the win, but dude, no joy. Come on now, you got to have some joy. (laughs) Be honest, you're going to wake up tomorrow. Be honest with everybody. You're going to wake up tomorrow and go, hmm, we won. You're not, you're not, you know, you're going to have, you're not going to have to replay every single play back over in your head about why they didn't win. Hey, guys, I just got a text from somebody. Jonathan Brooks is on crutches, but not in a boot. He has his shoes on. So that tells me it's knee. Most likely, not probably not, probably not a uh, not an ankle either. No, it's not an ankle. He'd be in a boot. Yeah, they they, carry, they have a thousand boots in that eighteen wheeler. Obviously, everybody wears them. <laughs> Scott Murphy, thank you for the two super chats. I appreciate you, man. Uh, if there's a question in there for me, I will try to get it uh, to you. Uh, once again, this one from Corey Man. Uh, once again, we shut down for the whole second half. There is a systemic problem here, completely inexcusable. I call it the 20-point curse. Hey, maybe they do need to be challenged like they were uh, on against OU, and they came back and had a good second half on offense, or Alabama where they lost the lead in the third quarter. Maybe that's part of it. Sark has to, can't be – he tries to be overly aggressive to make up for it instead of just moving the chains, whereas against Alabama and OU – he was just trying to move the chains to get back in there. He wasn't big game hunting. Yeah. Uh, and it's and the problem with Sark is too often, I'll go back and look at it, but when he does take his shots, he likes to take them on first down. It's something about him that, you know, basically more, uh, close to more than 50% of his shots last season were on first down. He likes to take them. And it it, it, it is great if you get them, it's Toby Field, but when you don't get them, you're behind the chains. And then on second down, there's this question about, all right, do I just throw it again on second down because I'm second and long, or do I run it on second and long and try to get myself to a third and medium or a third and short? And then I think sometimes he struggles with what to do in that second and long situation too. That happens with, with Sark, I think, when he goes big game hunting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, when I was watching the K-State-Mizzou film, I noticed that Mizzou – took their shots with Luther Burden. I think he scored his touchdowns on first and 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I noticed that trend really specifically in that game. But I think you're absolutely right. I think since I was watching that film, it's like, is this – it's like every big play Mizzou has is on first and 10. Yeah. And so, Sark, I mean, that's just one of those you – they expect you to run. So, does it, you got to take your shots when you get them. But speaking of shots, I just – You've been saying this for a long time, Rod, and I've just I've resisted it in my soul. Just like I don't want to just give in to this, <laughs> but he needs the big play, man. Yeah, yeah. he needs yeah. it. He, he needs it. He needs it. He craves it, but he needs it. His offense needs it. Yeah. Um, just the methodical sense of it. I mean, most of our third downs were third and shorts. You know, um, 
our best offense is when we stay at a third down. I and agree. You can't stay at a third down unless you're getting those big plays. And so I that's – I have to accept that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I, so it, don't take it uh, – by the way, Corey, man, I, I will say this. I'll take the 20-point curse as long as Texas wins at the end of it. Take yeah. the dub, baby. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say that much uh, because Texas did thoroughly dominate that first half uh, as well, especially after midway through the first quarter. Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be all Mr. Positive here, but nine and one for the first time since 2009. So just uh, E. Kim posted that in the comment section. So that look, we all we we all talk about this because these guys played a national championship team, multiple top ten teams. Uh, we 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 try to talk about this like a coach would. They coach to a level of perfection. It's detail oriented. We're just talking about the details. But nine and one, first time since two thousand nine, and for this program. So I just for the comments section, I just want yeah. Hey, nobody, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't we're think all anybody. we're all jacked up about nine and one. Yeah. We're trying to talk about how to ensure we get the ten and one right now. Yeah. Okay, that's that's a big one. Uh, Sark is the opposite of all gas, no brakes. I don't know about that. The, know you know, the players have something to do with this too, by the way, guys. Uh, yeah. Kyle Rush up. Thank you for your super chat as well. Uh, here's from something. Do y'all think Sark, and this is from Biggins, Sark coached the entire second half not to lose. That all gas, no breaks went bye-bye. Also really hoped Jay Brooks is okay. Didn't look good. Uh, Jerry, I, you know. I, I, I want to fight back on this a little because I don't think he coached not to lose necessarily. I think early in the fourth quarter, he was protecting a defense that couldn't stop TCU. I think he was trying to keep his defense off the field and actually help his defense and help his team. The third quarter, what Bobby talked about, some people would say that wasn't conservative enough because throwing deep, I'm throwing deep, throwing deep. So I'm not sure he was necessarily conservative in this game so much. Uh, I think he was trying to protect the defense that he didn't feel like could get stops anymore. He should have done that earlier, though, given the history of this team. I mean, that's my point, is yeah. he has to learn. If He knows who this team is. They're mm -hmm. not going to – they don't step on the throats very often, unless you're BYU and you're borderline incompetent. Yeah. No, I, no I, do think, right. I, I do think this was a game for the offense to do the throat stepping, though. Yeah, it was. And, I don't think we're going to be throat stepping on offense until we get what we need on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. That's agree. just that. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, but but no, but, but to Bobby's point though, um, because it, to Sark at times makes calls like he doesn't know who the team is, like well, he doesn't know what their their faults are, what their you know the the weaknesses of the team are. Right? Think about the. The way he called the end of the um, the first half of that U of H game with the fake the fake uh, field goal, and it's like, man, that's considering you know what I mean, considering what your defense has struggled with, and that kind of, like, that was a that was a kind of a you know, miscalculation, I would say, you're, right? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He does. He he. Right? That's what he does. He 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 does that. But as a coach, when when you want to see your team play to a level, you just assumed, like, okay. It, I mean, he trusts his team more than we trust his team. He does. But that, to Bobby's point, yeah, but do you know this team? Think about the K-State game. He calls those 
three pass. They, they get the ball back with like a little under three minutes left. He calls three pass plays in a row. They have to punt. Punt gets blocked. And then K-State goes down and scores, and then they get the ball back after half, and then the game becomes a game when you're up 17 points. It's like, well, you know your team is bad. Your defense is bad in two-minute defense. You got a backup quarterback in there. Um, you, you know, you're, you're averaging like, you know, I don't know, at the time you were averaging like six, seven yards a pop running the football. Why not just run it and just keep the ball and go down that way? But he, but like you said, he had a lot of trust in his backup quarterback to make the plays. And he's like, now nah, we're going to throw it. And he was aggressive, probably upset because they went down with the, and also this is a guy I love about, I love about Sark too, because it reminds me of Shannon because Shannon coaches like this, Kyle Shannon does. They coach emotionally. They, they, they let the emotion of the game affect their coaching. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing because coaches do it, but if he's mad about a, the, the, the previous play call or the previous series, it will affect the current series. He's but like, you know what's funny, Rod? I feel like against Bama, I feel like the whole team were like stone cold killers, like <laughs> blank face, dialed in, emotionless. Yeah, robots, like just cyborgs out there. <laughs> and yeah. they'll have it. I, I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, look, Quinn's first game back, too. He clearly had some miscues early, uh, didn't look as sharp as he had going into the game. Uh, looked pretty sharp, though, looked good enough to me. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, by the way, uh, Matt, our producer says, uh, Jonathan Brooks, the, was a non update from Steve Sarkeesian in the post game, basically said, we don't know enough. We'll hear more tomorrow. On so, him. So, so let me reiterate what I was texted and told then, uh, that he was on crutches after the game without a walking boot, which does suggest need. Because if it was an ankle, they put those guys in boots immediately. I mean, Cedric Baxter had a boot on before the end of the Bama game. So if it was ankle, they'd have him in a stabilizing boot. So it, it's looking more knee. Interesting. All right. Uh, this one from Justin Yarbrough, and, and it ties in here, guys. We couldn't run the ball when we needed to. Losing Brooks hurt. I, I tell you what, it's going to be a lot of running uh, on Jaden Blue, Savion Red. Uh, as well as uh, um, as well as uh, Cedric Baxter, another guy that I thought had a good game receiving the ball, guys, quietly somewhat based on Adonai Mitchell and uh, Xavier Worthy was J.T. Sanders. Mm. He made a couple of really nice grabs, including that one on third down uh, that got Texas out of uh, out of its own the window of its own goal line, uh, and then uh, made a couple other good grabs later. Uh, but, uh, you know, take, take me through this. I mean, where does Texas go if Jonathan Brooks right now? I mean, I, I agree. He's a different runner than Cedric Baxter. He's more patient. He allows this kind of this when, when Texas pulls, he kind of hides behind those guys a little bit. Cedric Baxter doesn't like to wait that much. What What's the Texas run game going to look like and how different is it going to be if it's Cedric Baxter? I, I I think if we treat Cedric Baxter, like I think he has great footwork. I think he has a skill set physically, athletically that he uses more than he needs to, meaning his, his, his agility. I would love to see him just go downhill sometimes, just like line him up seven yards deep like they used to do Adrian Peterson and just – give him enough time and space if they want to zone it, however they want to do it, to find a seam and just go. 
because I really think he can get those extra yards. And I think that that's what that's what Jonathan Brooks did in different way, in a different way. He didn't hit the seams, but he would be patient enough to do it. Right now, I don't I don't want him to be emulating what Jonathan Brooks does. I'd like for him to use his athleticism, get downhill, get kind of get his momentum going, get his confidence going and so he can see the game, but really playing more downhill so that things can open up more in the passing game. Because my initial instinct is we're probably going to pivot more to the passing game, honestly. Um, with Quinn back, Quinn's healthy. We'll see how he responds this week. Maybe we'll rely more on the passing game. But I really think Cedric Baxter has gifts. He, he does. He knows he's talented. We, I think we just need to get, get him more downhill runs uh, just so he can really get his momentum going, use his size, use his strength, um, and just use his physicality more so. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, by the way, Rod, I want to ask you this. A lot was made going into this about TCU running that three-high safety. They yeah. literally crowded the box. Did you see what Sark's – watching the game initially, did you see what Sark's response was to that? They clearly lit up TCU in the first half, but not in the second. Yeah, I mean, early on in the first half, I think it was pretty obvious TCU was playing just a lot of man coverage um, against uh, Texas, and they continued to play it. I'll go back and watch uh, on the rewatch and see exactly um, what they did, but – uh, early on, I think that's part of the reason Sark's offense has struggled in third down, right, recently, is the three high. It it forces, uh, you know, Sark usually loves 11 personnel in his um, third downs. I, I'll go back and track it, but I can tell you right now, most of the time, if he's in third down, he's in 11 personnel. Um, and he's much more diverse on other and early downs, but on third downs, most of the time he's done personnel, which matches up rail with the three high three down. It's more of a, a balanced look. Remember I told you extreme sets, right? Extreme formations, extreme personnel packages, uh, lots of power sets, 12 personnel, big 12, uh, even that 21 personnel, the pony package uh, it, that actually forces the three high three, uh, three down to the abandon his disguise a little bit. And, when you're playing 11 personnel, that's kind of what it's designed perfectly to be compatible against, to match up against. And I, that's one of the reasons I think the the third down offense for Texas struggles a lot versus the three high three down, which Texas has faced the last two weeks. Going back to Drew's point, you only want to be in third down if you can avoid it altogether versus three high three down. Look, most of the time you see the quarterbacks trying to check down on, uh, on third down versus the three high three down look because they the the the, the distortion it's the disguise is really what on third and long a third and medium it's exactly what it's designed uh to execute well i i look at it and whatever they got they've got uh, iowa state coming up next week and they they specialize it in this yep. i don't know if they created it or they just became really good at it early in its uh, uh iteration but uh longhorns hold on 29 26 guys another heart beater uh, heart, heart stopper, uh, whatever you want to call it. I will say, um, and, and y'all tell me this, uh, the Houston game that came down in the last minute, they stopped Houston. That was a defensive stop. Mm-hmm. Four, uh, then, la- then against Kansas State, Same they thing. stopped them in overtime, yep. right? Tonight, A.D. Mitchell, Adana, Adonai Mitchell uh, makes a big catch, and they run out mm-hmm. the clock. Got a couple of first downs running it as well. Yeah. So let's let let's be clear. They are winning these games, 
but it's the way they do it and some of the things that you're looking at that are just like, ah. Uh. And so I, I did have this comment, a couple comments here from Cardiac Kids yeah. from Scott Murphy. All gas, no brakes. Sark, Sark, sometimes Sark drives with his brakes. A win <laughs> is a win is not good enough if others keep winning. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, man. Texas just needs to keep taking care of business and things will be just fine. They, just they can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers. And Texas begs for every win they get, and they should. I, I think it's I, that's how I feel. I, there ain't no shame in it. I think it's amazing what happens after you beat Alabama. The expectations are suddenly that Texas is the number one team in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And that's just, Texas isn't, Texas doesn't have 20 NFL draft picks like Michigan has. They have eight, nine guys. They're building a roster that's going to sustain. But this is, Rod calls it, every team has flaws. Every team has flaws. I mean, there's no perfect team. There's no Georgia of two years ago on that level football team. There's no Nick Saban heyday teams this year in college football. They're not there. Washington's squeaking by. They're squeaking by because they can't stop anybody either. Right? Florida State's squeaking by a lot of these games. Right? So Texas is building. It's just amazing what happens after you beat Alabama, how the expectations change. But we're sitting here 9-1, and one, two wins from playing, we think, Oklahoma State, unless they go on one of the biggest tank jobs of all time in the regular season in the Big 12 championship game, a game Texas will be favored in. Um, I mean, that is – considering last year was a healthier season than this one, it's not pretty, but we're getting it done. Yeah. No, that the problem with Longhorn fans, they don't want to accept it. Texas, Texas could be in a situation with Georgia or potentially Michigan and be in a fourth-quarter game, game on the line – on, with the you know on the last drive as a defensive team or an offensive team doesn't matter they could be in that situation that's how that's how that's what the capability the ceiling is for the team problem is they could also be playing like you know the hell Iowa State next week or Texas Tech and be in the very same situation game on the line goal line stand fourth quarter and that's <laughs> that's the problem Longhorn fans have they don't really play to a standard. But damn it, man, they play hard and they, they clutch. They're a clutch. You can say what you want. They they don't they're not they're not perfect and they don't play to a really high standard. Cause they and they could. We still could see it this year. That's that's a scary thought for their opponents. But man, they're clutch. 
This is hey, I want to give you all some Big 12. While we're talking here, I need to get, go down and give the Big 12 scores. Iowa State up over BYU at halftime, 31-7 to in Provo. Damn. 31-7 to in Provo uh, right now. Iowa State just taking it to BYU. Uh, Texas, obviously, 29-26 to over TCU. Uh, UCF absolutely obliterated Oklahoma State earlier today. We talked about that briefly. 45 to 3, the final. Texas Tech hangs on and defeats Kansas. Kansas had to go to its third string quarterback in the first quarter. Uh, the Red Raiders get the ball back with about 30 seconds to go in the game with the game tied 13 all. They drive the length of the field and score uh, a go ahead field goal and win 16 to 13. Uh, Oklahoma throttled West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia falls to four and three in conference play. Oklahoma. Uh, moves to five and two. Uh, Kansas State uh, throttled Baylor, uh, roughly the same score, 59 to 25. Dave Aranda, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Cincinnati gets its first. <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati gets its first conference win, uh, defeating University of Houston 24 14. Guys, uh, Oklahoma State goes to Houston next week. Then they play Cincinnati last in, in uh, Stillwater. They they have to have they have to you you'd think but Texas played Houston in Houston and didn't look real good so I mean I I don't know what to say about, you know you know what's crazy when when BYU came to uh, to Texas we called them smoke and mirrors the worst five and two team in America and when the season ends for them November twenty fifth after they lose at Oklahoma State they're going to be the worst five and seven team in America because if you can't muster up any offense against anybody. You're not a good football team. They can't move the ball. They can't move it on anybody. At all. At all. all right. Hey, here's some other questions and thoughts. Uh, somebody's asking me, Trevor Allen's asking, is it just me or is Sark a meathead on some of his play calling? I don't know if it's that. Uh, mm -hmm. This is uh, Justin Rosenthal. I'm with you, Jerry. What do you think happens that makes us turtle so much in, in late in games? That was an ex exhausting finish. Uh, Scott Murphy, cardiac kids, all gas, no brakes. Sometimes Scott, Scott drives with his brakes. I think I've read that one uh, already. Here's Sterling uh, sign. Sark went up two plus scores is all gas, brakes, no gas. And stop running Red Cat if you aren't going to change up the looks. Everyone in their mom knows the play. Hey, what do y'all <laughs> think about that? Let's stop on that one and, and ruminate a little bit. What do you think on that, that play in particular? And the red cat and the use of it, it hasn't been successful the last two times they've run it. We said this on the uh, Rod and I were on at the same time. I think I said this isn't a junior high dance, Savion. You got to pick a hole and hit it on fourth and one. Okay, I mean that he's getting it's got he's a, for a powerful red ass who showed his red ass when he got a dumb fifteen yard penalty mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. For a red ass guy that when he when he takes the football, he he he's not running like it like he should be. I mean, this has to be a decisive play on fourth and one because, especially if you're running on the left side. Yeah. Hey, yeah. here's another thing uh, from Juan. A.D. Mitchell is so clutch. We don't win any games if we don't have him. He's clutch. He has been. Absolutely huge. Uh, J.J., uh, what are the real chances of Bama jumping us if we are winning like this and they're curb stomping their competition? I think it's going to – I don't think they will when it comes to the playoff situation but man i mean bama looks decidedly different than texas does right now maybe the, the sec is not all that good though 
And in the yeah. end of the day, they're not yeah. exactly playing great defense in that conference right now. No, they're you not. Know, I think a big part of it is, you know, I mean, that was a new system, right? Tommy Reese coming in, new quarterback. They knew what the quarterback was. I mean, the chemistry, it just take it does take a while. Um, and I think right now you're kind of seeing the cohesion of them figuring out how to weaponize, how to use Jalen Murray. I think he had three passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns today. I mean, he's 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 I, I'm glad we got him early. I'll just say that. I'm glad we got him week two. I'm happy about hey, it. Hey guys, uh, here's a here's a shot. Nick Saban teams get better as the year goes on. Amen, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, I want to add this. Uh, before I go to the next uh, comment, Adonai Mitchell, he, he, he's right. Completely clutch, guys. NFL, baby. Completely. You, you think that's what it is, Rod? Well, I just think he's got he's got that Sunday skill set. I mean, he's got – I mean, it's written all over him. He's that kind of – I think he's just a guy that is a next-level receiver. You got two number ones. You got two hey, number one receivers at Texas. We talked about and they it. didn't use them enough in the second half, according to me. We 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 talked we talked about it when he transferred here. Name another player that's caught a touchdown in each playoff game and each national championship game the last two years. That guy's not scared of the moment. Mm-hmm. He yeah. embraces the moment. Yep. All right. Well, he may be a, em, embracing it. But Michael, my business uh, with Super Chat says <laughs> nine and one, but I've had two seizures, three strokes, and four heart attacks. <laughs> I think I've been right there by him. Can Sark please show some pissed off emotion so my wife doesn't think I'm insane? Did y'all oh, see Sark? I want to. I want y'all to go back if you don't get a chance uh, here uh, tonight. Go rewatch the game at the very end when Sark throws a fist pump to end the game when they closed it out on offense. Go back and watch Sark. Sark was excited about this win, guys. When, when you're in, when you're in the, oh yeah, I mean, you beat TCU, but when you're in that moment, that's all you're working towards. That drive, the purpose of that drive was to clinch the game. Yeah, and I mean, when Sark knows he's won a game, like that should be his emotion every time. Well, yeah. Ad Mitchell, man, you brought in Ad Mitchell for that purpose, right? You brought in that's why you, that's why you upgraded the wide receiver position if. You didn't bring that guy in, upgrade. He wouldn't have been able to make the play. That's that's part of it too, man. Hey, but when, but when the ball is in the air and he has his body in position to catch it, you just trust it. Yeah, yeah. You just and he, it's like, oh, that's AD. Okay, but there's no other receiver on the team where you know when that ball is in the air that that you can trust it. Not on that kind of catch. Not on that kind of play. Not on the way that ball was thrown. Yeah, agree. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, Kyle Rush up uh, with a uh, question here. Do you guys think teams will start kicking field goals inside the 10 when they get to fourth down? Horns D has proven they can stop teams. Uh, you know, TCU was one for two on fourth down inside the five. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know that teams are necessarily going to stop, especially if Texas has a 20-point lead. They weren't going to take a field goal and go down by 17 at that point. No, I agree. But then when you start thinking about teams being down by 20, coming back and making it a fourth quarter game, you might need to take them points. You might need to just take them points, man, because against Texas, if you just stay in it long enough, they'll have a lapse. There'll be a lapse for Texas. You just don't know when it's going to be, all right? And if you hit the right time, you can be playing good football when Texas has their lull or when they kind of lose focus, get distracted, whenever that is. You get you get back in the game. You really can. 
that's that's kind of why you take the points. You just take them against Texas. Texas is a top five red zone defense in the country. Yeah. Hey, look, look. When you get down to that goal line and you're staring across it to Vondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, yeah, it gets, it gets real. And Jalen Ford behind them, it gets real at that point. They almost had a second uh, fourth down stop, and Bucky Richardson's son made a whale of a catch. Oh, yeah. that was a hell of a catch! Yeah, that Damn. was a whale of a catch. Uh, so, yeah. uh, I, a couple more uh, super chats here. Sark wants to play ball control. This from David Bear. Uh, but we don't play it well. Same issues in red zone and sh- on third downs, short yardage. Matt, by the way, earlier uh, put up a stat. It was two of eight. Texas was two of eight on third and short tonight. Ooh. Two of eight. Oh, yeah. Uh, these yeah. all point to deficiencies on the OL. You know, I think they need to start running some different routes and, and get out of this com- com- or tight uh, coverage or tight sets on third down. Because it's just not working. I mean, they're not getting it done. They're not getting a hat on a hat, et cetera. All right, uh, some other comments from folks. Joe, Justin Rosenthal, Savion Red, Red Wildcat package is not great. Why do we go back to this? What else should we do in short yardage? What else could they do in short yardage? Well, with this team or in the future? <laughs> this team. Now, Rod will say they are who they are. I'm That's saying what will say. We know now, who they are at this point. Well, so what, I, what I'll say is this. I've been saying this for the last few weeks. After Jonathan Brooks had his long run, he was just short. They brought him back on the same, the next play, 11 personnel, and just yeah. ran the zone. Yeah. He walked in the end zone. Why are we getting all fancy with this stuff? Two we're, tight we're getting, ends. Like, two tight Like, I'm not saying it can't work, and it works well in the middle of the field, but – it's almost like we, we, we've we only run so many plays out of these sets. People know what's coming on the goal line now. When you spread them out, I'd like Jonathan Brooks to make a guy miss if, if an O-lineman misses a block. But I also like the option of knowing, okay, I have Adonai Mitchell. I still have these guys spread out wide. They have to respect the full field. So, I don't know. We, we, we haven't – maybe we talk about the Bama game – setting expectations on the fans, but maybe the Bama game set expectations for us, uh, just for the staff on what we think we are capable of uh, based off of that game. However, we have not owned um, the line of scrimmage in the fourth quarter in that same way since that game. Um, I I think, I think they're, Teams are committing more teams to the more players. And they the are. They are. And Texas are. is not – they're not throwing the ball when they probably need to be throwing the ball to be well, – well, But I, I want to say this because we talked about this earlier. Even if somebody puts eight in the box, you can – there's teams that can run it against eight in the box, but your five guys up front all have to be guys that get pushed initially. And if you have one guy out of those five that doesn't get pushed initially, then the eight eight in the box is going to win. If you have a Michigan offensive line or the great Alabama offensive lines, people could stack eight and they'll still run the ball for two yards on third and one on your ass. I mean, there's not going to push at all. Five guys have to get push against an eight-man box. All right, I've got some more uh, Super Chats I want to get to. Gray man, Tasha is losing his patience. With Baxter, when do we get to see Blue start getting more PT? 
He did not see much action today. Uh, I do want to say this, though. True freshman DeAndre Moore saw action. Keelan Robinson clearly out. That's a, that's one that we didn't see coming uh, this uh, this week, and Sark did not mention in any of his press conferences uh, prior to the game. Uh, some other comments. Uh, Michael Williams, we are definitely better, and we should all be happy with that. Amen. We just aren't that championship level yet. We'll see. Who's to say that? I know. We'll see if they aren't championship level. Until they lose again, they got a chance right now, guys. Uh, hey, here's another question. This one from Jose Rodriguez. Uh, Matt, our uh, producer, started this one. Let's be real. We were blowing leads two years ago after going up by a few scores. Now we are winning them, and you guys are still not happy. Make it make sense. It's not that we're not happy. Oh, yeah. uh, Just to reiterate, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not that we weren't happy. All right. Yeah. Jerry, this one's for you, buddy. Jerry, lawnmower 5.0. If he's trying to keep defense off the field, you don't run three runs up the middle and punt. Well, that was that was when they were just trying to run out the clock, though. That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about early in the fourth quarter after TCU had yep. had 24 plays in the third and then had three plays to start the fourth and scored. At that point in the game right there, Sark was trying to give his defense some time to rest. It was obvious what he was doing in that situation. That's what I was talking about. Uh, maybe William Henderson has it right. Sark needs to script 50 plays. He's lost after 50. <laughs> Jay, I, we've, had, we've had that conversation before. Why doesn't he script 50 or the whole game for the second half? J.S. Hooper, someone please explain why we're throwing RPO screens on third and one. RBs are great at fighting for short yardage. Is that on Quinn or Sark? Was that that pass to Jontae Cook for negative yardage on third and one? Was that was yeah. that an RPO at the, at the beginning of the game? No, third uh, third quarter. Third, third quarter, quarter. Cook got hit, blown up on a third and one. Uh, it was an RPO screen, yeah. but I think it was actually a called a called pass because it looked like if he would have handed it off to Jonathan Brooks, Jonathan Brooks would have had the first down. Yeah, so I think sorry. sometimes you, you could fake the RPO, but it's really called on this from the sideline. That's what it looked like to me. Sark has fake RPOs. Yeah, he, he's talked about them. Yeah, but that's essentially what we're talking about. All right, uh, this is the post game show brought to you by the folks at Yingling, uh, the flight uh, next generation of light beer. Uh, folks, uh, if you haven't tried it, give it a chance. Uh, you will not regret it. Uh, tastes great, less filling, all that stuff. That's an old school comment, by the way. The next generation of light beer, though, is flight from Yingling. Uh, jo I'm here, Rod, Jerry, Drew. We've been through an hour almost now, okay? Sark is not – Texas now is looking at it, and they – Jonathan Brooks, we don't know what it was. It doesn't look great. Um, Jade Barron, we don't know what it was. He came back some, but then left later, right? He was not on the field. Jalen Gilba was on that final TD. Um, so the good, the good news with Barron, he didn't go back to the locker room or anything. I think he's just going to be banged up the rest of the year until a bowl game and just keep playing through it as long as he can in games. Well, we've got the other injuries of note that we know of right now. Alfred Collins was out a little bit, did not play as much. Wearing uh, a knee sleeve. Yep. Yeah. Ke Keelan Robinson out. Um, and by the way, Sark didn't say anything about that after the game in his PC. So we're, everybody's kind of wondering, uh, is, is Keelan hurt or what's going on? 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I want to I want to go back to this because I think it makes sense. Biggins, uh, to bring some positivity, the last time Texas was nine and one, I was sixteen. I'm thirty one <laughs> now, and just put my seven year old to bed an hour ago. It's been a while, y'all. I'll take nine and one all day. I'm going to say this. Fifteen years ago, I had a two year old. Okay, he's now a senior in high school. That's so, crazy. <laughs> so, Rod, you're 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 uh, you've got oh, wow. a newborn. That's yeah. how it goes. Life comes at you fast when you're not playing great football. Years, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Um, as a as it as a guy that watches has watched Texas for thirty plus almost forty years now. Um, in my life, the thing that that strikes me about this team that Rod has said that I really like is it's that they have a spine. They have good football character. They're playing these games. They're not giving away free. They try not to give away free points. They, you know, now so other teams make good plays too, yep. but they show a spine by having a fourth down stop. They show a spine by throwing the ball deep to Adonai Mitchell and he catches it. They're showing signs of, you know, coming out of that and having players that make those plays for them late in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, what do y'all, can y'all try to describe that? Or is that exactly just what it is? I mean, they just seem to have a way right now where they're, they're coming out on top. I, mm -hmm. I'll let these guys talk about it after because they, they, they live through it, but this team now believes they can win. It may not be pretty, but they believe they can win. Two years ago, they were five and seven, gave up 57 points to Kansas at home. Then they improved to eight and five. Now they're nine and one. They've won 11 of the last 13, all told. I got, I'll, I'll let these, I defer to these guys, but it's my first thing I see, these guys believe they can win. I, I, honestly, I think people forget what it looks like to have a standard, right? Or how a standard gets created. So I think back on our 2004 season when I was a freshman, we we went, what was that? We, we lost one game. We lost the one game to OU. That's, I mean, we went, what, 10 and one? 11 and one. We were yeah. 11 and one that season. People forget, we, Kansas was terrible. And we almost lost to Kansas on the road. It came down to a fourth and 16 against Kansas that year. Um, we were down to Oklahoma State, I think 21-0 in the first half or something like that. We came back and beat them by 20 points. I mean, we were figuring out our football character during that season. We ended up going to AM, that being a little bit closer, but we, we pulled away late. Then we went and won against Michigan, I think 38-37 in the Rose Bowl. We had the character, and I think we learned so much after that season on what we could be going into the next season. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with this season. What I am saying is even the teams that we still celebrate today, that 2014, that 2005 team, um, the core of that team went through a journey of figuring out who they are. The core of that team, that team who set the standard, for what let's win a national championship there is a process that had to go into building that character before everyone believes everyone buys in you understand the importance of executing on every single down every single play and so i just think 
we have to be on board with this journey with this team because this is a journey. We're nine and one. And, and maybe my perception of it is I'm on this journey with them. Like I, I've gone through the emotions of feeling like you've made it, feeling like you're doing well enough. And then you get to games like this. I've, I've gone through seeing my teammates get hurt, get injured. And you're like, how can we pull through? And you find two wins with the backup quarterback and multiple turnovers um, in distressful situations. So this team believes uh, they put themselves through enough to continue believing. And so I just because I've gone through this type of journey before, I'm, I'm just I'm just living through it again right now. And that's probably why I find it more enjoyable than, than most of you, because I'm just I'm reliving this right now. This, this has been fun. It's stressful. Uh, it's definitely stressful. Uh, I have far less control. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the the, the meeting rooms. But um, it, it, it is it, it is fun if you allow it to be. Hey, hey Bobby, I want to mention one player we haven't mentioned because he needs to be mentioned. Since the Kansas game, Bird Auburn is 11 of 11 on field goals. Mm-hmm. 11 yeah. of 11, and had another huge kick tonight, man. Hey, that was huge. Yeah. He's had pressure kicks and delivered. Yep. That put Texas up by 16. Otherwise, two touchdowns would have beat Texas. Think of it that way, right, Jerry? They would have needed – Texas would have needed a score at the end of that game. Uh, uh, Tim Anciso, hold on to your butt, boys. We're going to chuck the ball all over the yard with Brooks being hurt. I, I hope uh, mm. Quinn Ewers stays upright if that's the case. Michael Williams, yeah, we are definitely a better team. We see the talent and want the 52-7 to seven type wins. Who does it? Higher expectations than the real reality of who we are. Beating Bama will do that. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Arnak, thank you very much for the super chat as well. Uh, this is a this is one that does hurt a little bit. Hugh Jay, I'm not going to say that. Brooks was on track <laughs> to win the Doke. Just brutal. He was. Yeah, he uh, was. He had a huge game tonight. 188, 190 yards total offense. I, I see that uh, that uh, Drew is just now catching that. Right, that's another one from I'm, Justin Rosenthal. Can you remember a, a season with more parity since 2007? Who can say? Who can you confidently say are the top three to four teams? So many top ranked teams skirted by today. I'll say this: uh, I'm not so sure that uh, Georgia, uh, Ohio State, and Michigan aren't the three best teams right now. I think they are. And I, I and I may throw Bama in there if I keep watching them. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. To, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, yes, there's parity, but there's there's teams starting to separate themselves. And you, you got the right ones there, Bobby. Yeah, I agree. By the way, Bobby, I gave you a hand clap because the skill it takes to avoid. <laughs> real time. Yo, 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 that was clutch, man. Uh, yeah, for real. Bobby, no that chance, was, man. You're, you're locked in, Bobby. I'd have fell for that one, for real. <laughs> Rod says he would have fell for it. Uh, right, no sleep, Robert, I'd have fell for that one. Hey guys, who is a good who is a good comp for Adnan Mitchell? I, I, um, not CD somebody Lamb. says CD Lamb, so smooth. Not CD Lamb for me. CD Lamb was violent, cutter, quicker guy with ball in hand after the catch. I mean, think about what he did in the punt return game. C.D. Lamb was a more violent cutter at the wide receiver position. Uh, that's a great question. I don't know if anybody I, – I, I'm trying to think of who 
that would be. Uh, I, I want to say this. Let me instead of a comp. Let me say this about uh, Adonai Mitchell. He was wide open after he. I mean, he turned Josh Newton around on that in the first. Was that the first quarter? And yeah. went overthrew him by like three yards. Yeah, Rod, talk about five. talk about that. He's a really good double move receiver. Yeah, I mean, he He's is tremendous. I mean, he he shook Josh Newton in a a one on one situation. Had had Josh Newton beat by three to four yards. And quit yeah. the pass on a third down, third and goal, maybe. Or third yeah, they heard goal. they heard uh, Newton's draft stock today mm-hmm. uh, between him and X Man. They they dropped it a little bit. There's no question about it. But yeah, I mean, he for a guy his size, he does get really he gets in and out of his breaks really quickly. Um, and his deceleration, I always say that about guys. Acceleration is something that everybody looks for. Man, for a receiver, the deceleration to Here's be able now. to just. To go from a max speed to be able to stop and quick on the dime, he does it really well. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of a a comp for him. That's a good question. I'm gonna have to take to that's that's how you know he is somewhat unique in terms of how savvy he is as a route runner and the combination of skill. I can't really come up with a comp off the top of my head. I think it would take me a little bit of time to come up with a good one. All right, I uh, got some more super chats here. This one from Bobby White. A win is a win. TCU has had our number. For over five years, so I will take the take the win any way I, we can get it. I agree. Look, uh, sayonara. Texas is now beating TCU and Baylor. One more left in state, and that's Texas Tech uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Bobby, I agree with you. Uh, can someone, this from Steve M., can, will someone from inside Texas ask Sark why he turtles up? Same pattern for three years now. Talent is allowing us to squeak by a horrid Big 12. I don't know that the Big 12 is horrid, guys. I just think there's a lot of parity. I mean, look, TCU's playing its backup quarterback who can, if y'all don't think that guy's not going to be good in two or three years, I don't know what to tell you. I think he will be. I told you I like him. I like him. Yeah. He's got a That's nice what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. Will Howard lit up Baylor like a Christmas tree today. I mean, just bad. So mm-hmm. these guys are good players. That, that's that's my opinion. Um, uh, somebody uh, says people are coming into the chat late and they're asking about Jonathan Brooks. Here's what I was told on Jonathan Brooks on crutches after the game with no boot on, which probably means it is knee, not ankle. That's what we have right now. Sark had nothing to say about it with no more tomorrow. Rod, this one's for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. From Manchester Red 97. Help me understand. Is it a mentality thing? And is a killer instinct something that can be honed? How did the Georges of the world cultivate it? Man, they gave up. They gave up the lead in the national championship game uh, in Kirby's second year, maybe. Yeah, uh, before they came back and won two in a row. So it takes some time. But what are your thoughts on that, Rod? Because Drew, uh, Drew went over that a little bit, I think. Yeah, I, I do. I think, and Drew brought it up, man. It's, it's about playing to that standard. And trust me, it, it's hard to do because you know football's. It, it's a, it's a tough game when you start breaking down all the individual different matchups and trying to execute at all different levels. And if you can do that and everybody can do it at a high level, you can get those blowout wins. You know, you're playing to a standard and you're, you're a Texas footballer, you're a Georgia, you're a powerhouse and you're a blue blood. You know, when you play against a, what is supposed to be a subpar opponent or a, you know, a, a, a an opponent that you're much better than, you know, you would like to, not you know win by a lot of points you know be able to play at the highest level possible 
you know, the truth is, you know, they might be have they might have a, you know, football's about matchups, right? It might just be a great matchup, whether it be their scheme, you know, their personnel, whatever it may be. That's hard to determine a lot of the times too. Um, so I understand everybody wants this team to be in, you know, 2005 type Texas team that can blow teams out. And as Drew said, hell, that don't even happen to, in every game. But I, I think this is just, you know, the, the expectations don't necessarily fit the product. This team is a good team. They're not a dominant team, but they win. And that's, that's all you can hope for. The team wins games. I want to point one thing out. Georgia's had 34 players drafted in the last three years. Seven offensive linemen last three drafts. That's how they got it done. 34 right. draft picks in three years, guys. No doubt. I want to say thanks to a few Super Chats here. William Gillian, thank you very much. Cameron, thank you as well. Uh, then there's a, a couple others that I want to talk about here. Uh, and this was interesting for me, and I want to get y'all's thoughts because I, I actually mentioned this to Jerry during the game or during halftime. Saw a few opportunities where Cedric Baxter could have hit the hole and took off, but he didn't. Did you guys see the same thing, or am I tripping? This is from JR. My, my question there is, it seemed like he's not picking up his feet a little bit through the hole. There were a couple times where he could have gotten off the back end and and uh, didn't didn't hit it. Did y'all see anybody notice that? We talked a little bit about his running style. Anybody? He likes to dance. Yeah. He's, it, it, there's a difference between being patient and dancing, and he dances instead of being patient. So I think that's the difference with CJ. And I think he'll learn the difference. Fair. Hey, this is a funny one. Cameron, Christian Jones is player of the game for his clutch false start. I thought that was start, start to kick a field goal. <laughs> 200 IQ play from a veteran leader. <laughs> what? You wow. Know, uh, you know, Texas wow. has to do something. They have to come up with something wow. different in short yardage because right now what they're doing is not working. That is just fundamental. Um, now, whether they go five wides or three wides or whatever, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe tonight Sark wanted to protect Quinn a little bit too. But sure. to say that, that's not how he – that's not how he coached – you know, he coached the same way the first – eight or nine games of this season on short yardage, right? All tight sets. Yep. Compressed sets, condensed sets. Hey, we're picking on Sark all these different ways and telling him what he should and shouldn't have done. His team's nine and one. And Horns Up asked this question, guys. If we go to the Big 12 championship, win or lose, should Sark get an extension? Oh, he's getting an extension. You think so? Oh, gosh, yes. I do too. I mean, yeah. look. Deserves it. You think he deserves it, Rod? Yeah, if they if they win, you say if they win the Big Twelve title, or win get, or go to the Big Twelve championship. If he's eleven and one, which he has to go, he has to win out to get to the Big Twelve championship. If Oklahoma doesn't lose again, so if he's eleven and one and gets to the Big Twelve championship game, that guy's getting an extension. Now, if he wins the game, it might be worth another seven hundred fifty thousand a year. <laughs> It might be worth that much. <laughs> I would I would like that that opportunity, by the way, guys, if y'all don't mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, it's been a, a little over an hour now. Uh, guys, we've had a great time. I want to talk to y'all a little bit more. I'll have more in the morning uh, with Justin Wells. I want to also thank Flight, uh, the taste of the game, uh, the taste of game time 
is Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Taste for yourself, Flight by Yingling. I want to ask for closing thoughts from all the panelists here, Drew Kelson, Jerry Hamilton, and Rod Babers, and then I'll give my own. Drew, I'll start with you. Kind of started with this. Uh, I guess I'll finish with this. Uh, We're nine and one, so that's reason to celebrate. I'm excited about that, Uh, but also... Nine and one, we play 10 games and we know who we are. So we got to embrace this 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 team. We got to embrace who they are in this journey. And next week scares me no different than this one did, to be honest with you. Uh, so, you know, get some rest tonight, celebrate this win, and let's get let's get back at get back after it tomorrow this week. And uh be be ready to to root the guys on next Saturday because it could be just like this. So Let's prepare to enjoy it. Jerry, what about you, buddy? Um, Look, I mean, nine and one for the first time since 2009 is so meaningful to me. Um, And I look at this, you know, a lot of times I look at this, try to look at it like a coach does. All right, the details, how do you get better? But then I'm going to throw it different because uh, it'll be different. Just something to talk about. Nine and one tonight is another win in recruiting. The kids don't see the game a lot of times. If Texas can win these next two games and they're 11 and one and they're in this college football playoff conversation all the way to the end and they're playing for the Big 12 championship, um, that has meaning in recruiting. I mean, so much meaning because it's the trajectory of your program. And we might not like how these wins are happening, but the trajectory of the program from a recruiting standpoint Looks really good if you can go win these next two games. Ten guys drafted, multiple guys in the senior bowls, up for awards. There's a lot, a lot of positives right now. Rod Babers? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I look at everything from a coach's standpoint a lot of the times, right, from a player's standpoint. So I know I can be overly critical, but – um, I like I said it before, teams got great football character and they showed again, right? They showed in clutch critical moments this team can win football games, um, and whether it be defensively or offensively, and this is what we wanted last year. I remember you know talking on post games last year and saying this team's got to find a way to win one score games, they gotta find a way to, to respond to adversity better in the second half, and they gotta find a way to be clutch in clutch moments. And I feel like a kid on Christmas, all those things have come true. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, so it's hard to complain, but now these are first world problems we're talking about. And the the the, the nitpicking essentially is what we're doing here. Um, that's about how this team can become, you know, the best team in the country, how they can you know, essentially, you know, be in the national championship conversation. And I'm happy that we are back having those types of conversations, that that's the discourse that, it's about how how good this team can be, and it's not about oh man, this team underachieved again. Um, nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about how this team has uh, all of their goals in front of them. So I don't know. I'm proud of the team. I'm happy for them. And honestly, I I I really think that this is uh, the, just the first step for this uh, this culture for Sark that he's building. Um, and Sark, and by the way, Sark's changing the narrative about him too. I know some people on on our chat are upset with Sark and I get that, but nationally Sark has never won double digit games. He's never won a championship. So this for him, this is his kind of coming out party as a coach too. 
Fair point, Rod. Fair point. All right. I want to finish with this, this and I want to talk about injuries a little bit. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, you lost your bell cow tonight uh, when it mattered most in the fourth quarter. Uh, he was running up and down the field. Finally, they were focused on the run, laser focused. After that, Texas didn't get another first down until three drives later. Okay. So think about that. Then also think about the fact that Texas three weeks ago lost Quinn Ewers in the fourth quarter, yet still hung on to beat U of H. Okay. Malik Murphy then set in as quarterback against both BYU and Kansas State, and you found a way to win. BYU, to Jerry's point earlier, they're just not very good. But Kansas State went out and rolled Baylor tonight. Or today. This team has a little something special. They do have some injury issues. We didn't see Keelan Robinson tonight. We also didn't see uh, Jalen Catalan. Guys, don't forget about that. He was a guy that was supposed to uh, be able to play tonight, but he didn't He didn't have any time. And then Jade Barron was not on the field for multiple times. That's a lot of seniority that Texas is missing, but they're still winning. Yeah. Uh, that's the sign of a, a program that hopefully is moving in the right direction or clearly moving in the right direction, but hopefully has some staying power uh, and will go on to Ames this coming weekend and uh, give them what, everything they've got up in Ames. All right. That's going to do it for tonight. Uh, guys, I appreciate y'all. Longhorns 9-1. and one. Uh, I cannot, you know, I, I thought this Texas team was going to be good. You need to pinch me a little bit right now because 9-1 and one <laughs> and actually being here and what I think might happen, there's been, a, there's been a difference between those two things in my life before. And I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> some for other people as well. All right, for Rod Babers, Drew Kelson, Jerry Hamilton, as well as our producer, Matt Hutchinson, thank you to Flight the next generation of light beer. Also, make sure you please check out our post-game coverage on InsideTexas.com. Uh, this has been the post-game show on Inside Texas and on Texas football. Hook them. Nine and one. Let's go. Nine and one.